Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich... And mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Here we go. It is by grace you have been saved. See, to be merciful means to be forgiving. Have a forgiving spirit and actively compassionate. Mercy is not just a warm feeling. Mercy is doing something to meet a person's need. Do you feel like a relationship with God is just about following a bunch of rules? Pastor Mark tells us that being a good parent sometimes means saying no to your child. Would you let your child touch something hot and get injured just so he learns a lesson? Of course not. The same is true with God. He gives us these rules to protect us from hurting ourselves. He sees all of the dangers and pitfalls around us. He wants to protect us from these things. If you've disobeyed, there is grace. Pastor Mark tells us to come home and ask for forgiveness. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 for his continuing study entitled Freedom to Love and Live. So if I'm struggling sleeping because I have all this stuff going, here's the freedom I have. The scripture says, transfer all your cares to me because I care for you. So when you lay down, some of you will have to actually do this. Cast all your cares. Transfer your care to him. Say, God, I got all this problem. I don't want to do with this thing here. God's there, okay, okay. Just give it to him and go to sleep. I'm serious. You said, Pastor Mark, that doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely it works. Now, here's the problem. 2.30, you wake up. What do I do with that? Oh, excuse me. Thank God. I take it back. Anybody been there? And then what happens the rest of the night? Tossing and turning, tossing and turning all night. Here we go. So when you give it, leave it. By the way, in his hands, way better than in my head. That's a privilege. That's a freedom. The world doesn't have that freedom. There's no shepherd in their room. They're trying to do life alone. I have the freedom. I love this one. To be all that God designed me to be. I have the freedom. You'll see what that means in a moment. And I have the freedom to live with passion because obeying God brings amazing blessing. Now, I want you to write this next one down. And I'll explain it to you because I think it'll be very clear to you. God's law, because of its wise constraint, saying no, brings true freedom. Most people don't understand this. Pastor Mark, when God says no, 
That is not freedom. That's a constraint. It doesn't make any sense to me. But notice, the psalmist understood. Those constraints are good for me. Watch this. I walk in freedom for I've devoted myself to your commandments. Psalm 11945. Vieira, Sebastian. Psalm 11932. This is one of my favorite. I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. Parent, grandparent. You take your kids or your grandkids and you're out in the little park and you're going to make s'mores. How many like s'mores? Yeah. The graham cracker, the marshmallow, the chocolate just melts all together. And so you got this little fire and you put stones around it and the fire is getting really hot. The stones are red and you're over here putting all the ingredients together. Grandpa, grandma, whatever, mom and dad, whatever. And there's two-year-old son or grandson and he sees the red. Oh, what would you say as he goes for the red rock? Hello, anybody? What would you say? No! Now, why would you say no? Is that restraint good for the child or bad for the child? See, when God says no, he knows what we're about to do is not good for us. Do you understand the love? That parent isn't angry. That parent loves that child. Don't do it. Let me read you a statement. James and McDonald says this, when God says don't, God means don't hurt yourself. That's amazing freedom. See, when God says no in here, it's not like, I don't want you to have any fun. He says, if you go down that road, you're going to hurt yourself. Well, I don't go. We've all been down that road. It's not good. To be honest, I'm so glad God kept me many times from going down the wrong road. You know, anybody in this room here, Melbourne, Sebastian, Vieira, watching, if God hadn't kept us, we wouldn't be here. Most of us would be dead, in jail, prison, all kind of crud. I wouldn't be on this pulpit this morning if God hadn't said to me, now look, Balmer, don't do it. And he helped me say no. Maybe you're out there today and you're doing it. Come on home. You disobeyed. There's grace. Come on home. So see, obedience brings great freedom. You would never say to your grandkid, oh, go ahead and touch it. Let's see if you learn that way. That'd be a horrible parent. You would never do that to your child. Burn hand on the, maybe the clothes gets burned. You would never do that. You love them because you said, no, it's good for you. Just stay away. And so if you can learn to obey God because you get to, you'll grow in your life. Now, there's a promise God made. God makes promises that are, well, they're unconditional. I'll never leave you or forsake you, unconditional. He makes conditional promises. Let me show you a conditional promise. Peter writes it like this. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Can I hear an amen right there? Not wanting how many to perish. He doesn't want... Anyone, zero, not a nothing, none to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So if I'm not going to perish, is there anything I need to do? If I'm not going to go to hell, is there anything I need to do? That verse tells me one thing to do. What? Repent. So I have to repent, sorry for my sins, and believe. 
Now, let me tell you some facts. That's a conditional promise from God. That's the will of God. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everybody to go to heaven. And you have to repent. I'll give you a chance to do it at the end of the service. Repent and believe as hundreds of people did last weekend. Fact, fact, not everyone will repent and become a believer. Fact, because of disobedience, some people will perish and they will spend eternity in hell forever. Why? Because they chose not to obey God. Now look at verse 13. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Jesus said it like this. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Justice simply means this. Getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Let me give you an illustration. Justice is getting what we deserve. All of us have been in this case. You're driving. You're guilty. And our friendly police officer pulls this over. And we roll down the window. Can you imagine how many stories they've heard from the person inside? Yeah. Now, I never give any story when I'm pulled over like that. I just say this. I'm pastor of Calvary Chapel. No, I've never used that. It might be they hate the traffic, they put me immediately away. But isn't it wonderful when that happens? And you don't have to say a word, fakey excuses, all the crazy stuff. He just walks up and says, you know what, you're probably having a bad day. I'm just going to give you a warning. What's that called? That's called mercy. What has James just written to us? There's going to be a judgment day. Get ready. What's that called? Mercy. Mercy. Now, what is the character of God? See, when when people see the Bible and they see all these commandments, they go, God's a mean guy, he's an angry guy. No, God's full of mercy. Let me show you this verse. It's powerful. Ephesians 2, 4 to 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Here we go. It is by grace You have been saved. See, to be merciful means to be forgiving. Have a forgiving spirit and actively compassionate. Mercy is not just a warm feeling. Mercy is doing something to meet a person's need. Mercy is doing something to meet a person's need. In God's case, he didn't just offer salvation. He sent Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave. That's how he showed us mercy. By the way, we give mercy because we've received mercy from God. When you see a person in need, you want to be compassionate and forgiving. If the Bible says, if I show mercy and compassion, it will be given back to me. If I show mercy and compassion, it will be given back to me. In fact, in Luke... Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's really talking about mercy. So if you want people to be kind and merciful and compassionate to you, then you need to show that to others. Same for me. Now let's go back to James 2.12. All of our campuses, James 2.12. Let's look at that first sentence again. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged. So James says, if you're a believer... 
you're going to show mercy and you're going to prove that you've received God's grace when you were saved. And then he says, there's an incentive to obeying God. Not because you have to, but knowing that you love him because he's been merciful to you. But there is a day coming. There is a day coming. There's a judgment coming. So that should be a further kind of incentive to you. Now, I want you to look at me because I'm going to give you this eschatology thing that's weeks of teaching, and I'm going to give it to you in about seven minutes. You ready? Okay. Simple, very easy. One day when you die, all of us will, there are two destinations. Very simple. Heaven with God, because we've been saved by grace, not because you're good enough, no grading on the curve, saved by grace, and not just saved by grace, but we live the life. See, there's a lot of people who say they're saved, and they don't, their lifestyle doesn't match. There's nothing changing. There's nothing good. That's a very dangerous thing, because Jesus says to me, uh, at the last day, uh, I never knew you. I never had a relationship. You thought you had a relationship with me, but you're not following through. There's no fruit in your life. Sorry. See you. Forever. So it's not a matter of being good. It's a matter of being right and obeying God's word. So if that's you today, and you got saved 20 years ago, and there's never been changed, you never got saved. You better get it right. We have those exact words from Jesus. Now, if I'm, if I'm saved, and nobody's going to be perfect, I'm going to be in heaven. In heaven, as a Christian, I'm going to be judged. Now, I'm not going to be judged for my sins, because I'm already where? In heaven. The unbeliever is going to be judged in hell. So all the judgments happen after we're dead. Wherever we're at, in heaven, I'm going to be judged as a Christian, but it's not about my sins. They've already been covered. Where were my sins judged? On the cross. Jesus took my sin and your sin. It was punished by death. So my sins have already been judged. So I'm going to be in heaven But you'll see in a moment what I'm going to be judged by. Let me show you what that looks like for the Christian. Now, every Christian, this is the judgment you're going to be at. Take a look. Paul says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one, every Christian, must receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, let me ask you a very important question. How many of this morning here in Melbourne and Vieira, Sebastian, you watching live, how many are here in your body? Could, could, could I see your hand? Okay, the ones that aren't, you, circles of care is coming for you. <laughs> Every single one of us are here in my body. So what am I going to be judged for? Everything I'm doing in my, which is where? It's right now. My life, after coming to Christ, is going to be judged. So here's the statement. After death, all Christ followers will be judged. Another word for it is rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. No exception. Every single one of us. Now, the we in that verse is only believers. It's only believers. So, again, this judgment has nothing to do with my sins. Those are already taken care of. So when God created you, he wired you, and he wired you with amazing abilities. Every single person I'm talking to, the the body of Christ is just people who are gifted differently. He wired you with all kinds of abilities and things that he has for you to do. Let me show you what that looks like. It's found in Ephesians 2.10. Look what it says. 
for we are God's masterpiece. You are. He created us anew. We were born again in Christ Jesus so that we could die and immediately go to heaven. No. So that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Let me add to this. While we are in our body. So God has plans to use you while you're here as a Christian. They're good things. And he wants you to understand here's what he's going to judge. Our attitudes, our motives, and our works. He's going to judge all of those things. Now think about attitude. Okay, Pastor Mark. You can't tell us to be here on time for worship. I'll be here for worship next week on time. Over my dead body, I'll be here. Does that please God? Well, not really. Because what's wrong with my attitude? It stinks. By the way, God says, give 10% off the top to me. Keep the 90. I gave you the 100. Well, I'm not into that, Pastor Mark. I don't care whether you're into it or not. Do you know you're going to be judged for not giving? Seriously. It's a command from God. Well, I don't want to give. All right, I will give. Here's what's 10%. Do you know what God says about that? He knew how we'd act. You know what he says in Luke? He says this, be a joyful giver. Otherwise, keep your lousy money to yourself. That's exactly what. By the way, it's not yours. He doesn't want it. Why? Because my attitude's wrong. So I'm going to be judged for my works, my attitude, my action, my motives. What if I'm here this morning with the wrong motive? I'm here so you're like, oh, I like that guy. He's pretty sharp. My wife would say that. The rest of you don't care, but it doesn't matter. But let, let's say I'm here with the wrong attitude. Well, is anything good going to come from this teaching? Yes, because it's based on what? The Word of God. It's going to be good. How about for me when I get to heaven? If I have the wrong attitude, I'm here with the wrong prideful motive or something like that. What is it? It's called wood, hay, and stubble. It's all burned. For me, useless. For you, good, because it was based on the Word of God. See, that's the way all of our life is. And that's why Jesus said, when you give, don't do it to other people. Wow, I'm going to give now. In the old days, we used to say, anybody want to give a $1,000 building fund? And everyone went, wow. God goes, Because see, it should be what? Private. I just give to God because he's a great God. So understand what that looks like. Now, let me show you how that works. Because sometimes we don't, we don't understand. We're not saved by works. But we are to work after we're saved. We're going to give an account of how faithful we are. Look at this. We have, we have a core, five core values here. Here's one of them. Contribute. Here's what I'm going to be judged for. How I use my time, my passion for God, my talents, the abilities he gave me, and my possessions. God gave me all of those things. Everything there. He gave me. So you're going to be judged. I'm going to be judged. Now, I want to take that down, and I want you to look at me because I want to show you how that works. Here's God's potential for you. You got it? Here's where I am. I'm going to be judged by the gap between what I'm doing with my time and my money and my passions and my possessions and what his potential is for me. Do you got it? So what is James, why is James saying, careful, you're going to be judged? He says, look, wherever you're at, bring up your game, my friend. 
get closer to what God's called you to do with your money, your time, your possessions, your mercy, your grace. Get closer because that is what pleases God. And then we get to hear these words, well done, good and effective servant. Now, that's rewards. It has nothing to do with your salvation, but you don't want to get to heaven and stand before God and God goes like, really? Because we're going to be weeping at that judgment if you've blown your whole life. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm in heaven. Really? That's how much you really love God? See, this isn't the thing where God's trying to, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's just saying, I've gifted you, I've wired you. Anything that I've asked you to do, you can do. Come on, get on board. What if I was here this morning and I hated preaching and teaching? Could you tell? Oh, you could tell in a heartbeat, couldn't you? Sometimes God just has to shake us up. You need to be excited about serving God. Now, there's another judgment. I'm going to it quickly. It's called the great white throne judgment. It's a judgment for people who have rejected Jesus Christ. All unbelievers will be there, separated from God forever. There's degrees of punishment that are going to be there. The final outcome is hell. Now, if you stand at this great white throne judgment, you'll stand there because you deliberately and willingly rejected God's plan of salvation. Now, really, bottom line is very simple. How does anybody get at the judgment in hell called the great? How, how do they get there? How, what, what do they do to get there? Nothing. The reason they're there is they were born a sinner. They sinned by nature, but they never believed and repented. So they will end up in hell by doing nothing. That's why we're called to go and share the gospel with the world. You can be saved by God's grace. And by the way, it's an amazing life of freedom because God loves you. Pastor Mark, well, murderers and and adultery and, and child molesters, that's why they're in hell. No, they'll be judged for those things. There's different degrees of punishment. They're in hell not for that. There's one sin that sends us to hell, rejecting Jesus Christ as the only way to God. That's called blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. See, the person that convicts you and convinces you that Jesus is Lord is the Holy Spirit. When I reject that, I will end up... By the way, once you're there, it's not, it's not a temporary pact. It, it's over. When I'm in heaven, it's over. When I'm in hell, it's over. That's why there's a seriousness. That's why James is writing... That's why God wrote the Bible. God so loved the world. How many does he want to perish? None. But there's a step you have to take. There will come a day when all of us will stand before God and be judged for what we did with what he gave us. Our time, our money, our gifts. Pastor Mark asked us, what will God say to you on that day? Will he say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or will he say, depart from me, I never knew you? That is pretty sobering to think about. But we have a choice as to how we will live and use what God has given us. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time we'll learn that God has given us His Word as a handbook as to how to walk through this thing called life. He's given it to us to protect us from harm and to know how to treat others. This is why here at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, we see His Word as such an important book to study. This is where we get our lessons for living, to live in a way that pleases Him and brings freedom to our own lives. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Hear your